Well, you're listening to 105.1 Life FM and we are here again as Ark Church with Pastor Samuel Chizagetti for Q&A with Samuel. How are you, Samuel? I'm good. Cheerful as always. You know, okay, I'll do a quick introduction with a bit of a cheer and a bit of clapping. It's always just awesome. Uh, yeah, that's right. It does lift it does lift your spirit a little bit, doesn't it, to, it, it, to have it, yeah. that celebration of, uh, of getting together and talking about the things that are important in the Word. Yes. Um, yeah. Now, for the last couple of weeks, we've been looking, oh, last week we've been looking at um, the Sabbath. Yep. And we've, over the last two weeks, we've, uh, we've looked at the theology around, yep. around the Sabbath, around creation and redemption, what it all means, yep. toiling or pressing on yep. home to the covenant, yep. um, which was the symbolism in the Hebrew. Yep. And then last week we talked about the biblical and historical reasons why the Sabbath is observed in yep. uh, a number of ways. And we are going to have a little, little bit more of a look at that today because we're not quite finished. Yep. So we still haven't, we're now getting to that, the pointy end where we're looking at why is it that the church now celebrates Sabbath yep. on the first day of the week and not yep. on the seventh day as it was before. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, that's exactly right. So you've, we, we've, we've tackled this question uh, you know, without going just too short, straight to the point, because it would have left left a lot of, um, you know, unanswered questions and a lot, lot of holes and, you know, you know, places where people can just simply argue and debate. And I was just, before I go any further, yeah, everybody just, probably people are, are used to the sound of my voice. It's the sound of, of the voice of a preacher. So uh, some days it's all all up and up, and some days it's just all beaten up. But uh, anyway. <laughs> And it's beaten up today. <laughs> yeah, 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 putting all that aside. I was, I was, in, a, um, was in a big big gathering last night, um, and, uh, you know, the singing and the praying, the praise was just all up and rowdy. It just was you know, I was singing at the top, at the top of my lungs. Um, you know, I was just singing my heart out to Christ. It was just awesome, uh, an awesome moment in the presence of God. So, yeah, my voice is uh, is going to be a bit more, uh, you know, uh, complaining for a bit there, but it'll be fine. Praise it'll be fine. That's right. And <laughs> so, I was saying that, um, yeah. So, you know, because as you grab these things from uh, from where they should be, you know, if if somebody doesn't understand the the deeper theological meaning of Sabbath, uh, they will end up what just simply with a, a a flat out observance, you know, just just observing the day, and um, and because of that, uh, you know, you can be bickering over, uh, you know, you know, days are there for a reason, you know, you know days have got meanings. Festivals have got meanings. If you go into the Jewish mm. culture, uh, you know, every festival, for example, whether it was that now which we've come to know is the day of Pentecost, it was it was actually the day of harvest. It was celebration of harvest. And so you, you get the, the days don't just simply show up, okay, well, it's a Saturday, people just simply observe it. There is a reason behind the observance, the meaning. And so we looked at the fact that God had set Sabbath. Actually, I'm going to make quite an interesting point, which which should be noted, uh, especially people who are, you know, arguing for the day for the Sabbath. Uh, do you notice that when God finished His work of creation, He rested, 
And that was God's rest, you know. Yeah. Rest. Yeah. And from that time, the sin of Adam, uh, we have no record scripturally whether Noah was asked to observe the Sabbath. There's not. There's no, uh, because I'm, I'm going to know, no, we don't actually start a bit earlier. Enoch, we don't have any record I mean, about Enoch. We only know that he lived and then he was, he was taken. Um, you know, you know, Noah didn't wasn't given any such uh, prescription uh, to observe the Sabbath. Um, we don't have any record that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob observed the Sabbath. We don't have any record that the children of Israel, you know, Joseph in Egypt and the children of Israel in Egypt observed the Sabbath. I'm not saying this to diminish the Sabbath. Uh, I'm saying they did not observe the giving of the Sabbath is given through the law of Moses in the Ten Commandments. And so that's when, when the children of Israel are in a desert. That's when Sabbath starts to be observed. And God gives them the two reasons that we have uh, discussed. Number one, you observe the Sabbath because seven days the Lord, six days the Lord created, and on the seventh day he rested. And then the one in Deuteronomy, you know, you observe my Sabbath because you were slave and I redeemed you. So we took it, those those two meanings, uh, Sabbath observance for children of Israel as a covenant because of creation and because of redemption. And we moved into the New Testament uh, to explain that to the early church. You can even hear it in their language. You know, the resurrection of Christ was new creation. You know, if anyone is in Christ, Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 17, Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Uh, you know, new creation. You know, you and so you you start to hear the language because for the apostles, uh, the resurrection of Christ, Christ being the first fruit, and I, I'll come to that in a moment because the Sunday that Christ rose from the dead, that particular Sunday was the Sunday of first fruit, and so it was not just simply coincidental. Like the Sabbath that Jesus died, John tells us, it was one uh, the most important Sabbath, and so. Um, in that sense, you know, Christ dies on a Friday night. You know, we're just going to put aside the, you know, the argument about days. Uh, but on Saturday, uh, on Friday, uh, he's arrested uh, after the Thursday meal, and he's dragged through courts on Friday, and he's put on the cross at 3 p.m. on Saturday, on Friday. And now the um, Sabbath Sabbath is going to start within a few hours at 6 p.m. on a Friday. Sabbath is going to start. So they couldn't leave the body of the Lord on the on Sabbath. So Joseph of Arimathea goes to ask that the body be brought down. Pontius Pilate is like, oh, we've got to check whether he's actually dead. They check and he is actually dead. And the other two thieves have got their bones broken uh, to precipitate their death so that they don't have to put, pull only one body down uh, instead. And Christ's body, uh, the check is that the spear is you know basically plunged into his side and then We've got this pericardial effect that we we now know water and blood mixed up. John reports that, um, and so he's taken down. Uh, he's basically wrapped up real quick and put into the tomb, Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. And the women show up on Sunday morning uh, because they want to come and finish the job. Just want to check. Yeah. 
and then when they yeah. come back there for the your finalization of of the burial ceremony they find that the tomb uh, is empty the stone has been rolled away and that sunday was the sunday of the first fruit so christ is risen on the sunday of first fruit and he is the first fruit now that's how the apostles therefore after good reflection you know that apostle paul tells us that he's actually first is first among uh the, the the resurrected right so he's the first fruit of the resurrection and and so those who are in christ have become this new creation and so that becomes a central message of the apostolic confession or apostolic faith as they preach the gospel the reason christ is the first fruit for the resurrection apostle paul is actually clear that if christ didn't rise from the dead this faith will be basically nonsense. We we should be pitied. He, he doesn't miss his word. And so once you've looked at that, so creation is achieved in the resurrection, okay? And also redemption is achieved in the resurrection. We read Hebrews chapter 4. So the deeper meaning that is given to children of Israel in the middle of the desert is now, um, is therefore um, what we, we see in... Um, um in just my, my you know sometimes i get these few little gaps uh in my mind so and that's that's what we see becoming the theological understanding uh or within the new testament so christ rose, rose from the dead and so on and so forth so that's that's what we looked at and then we the second case we looked at uh is the fact that um we we looked at apostle paul's uh argument I mean, first of all, Jesus' interaction with the Sabbath. And, um, and then Apostle Paul's uh, dealing with, with the same question, which I think it would be great if, if we, pick, we pick it up, you know, um, within a few seconds there. Yeah, no, that would be great. Then we can uh, spend a, a nice portion then to, uh, to mull that particular one over. Okay, well, in the meantime, here's a, a great track on Life FM. So you're listening to 105.1 Life FM, Bendigo's Positive Choice, and we are here uh, still having a discussion about the Sabbath. This is our third session. And Samuel, um, before the break, we were starting to round up on the, the idea or, or trying to find out really the reasons why the early church decided to use the first day of the week as the day to come together rather than uh, still observing that on the seventh day of the week, the Sabbath that they'd been used to. Yep, yep, yep. And so, yes, you know, when we, I was saying that when we started out from the uh, the, uh, the outset of this program, um, I have made sure that we, we looked at many more aspects. So from just simply the flat uh, reading of the text to the seeking to understand the meaning uh, of the of the Sabbath, uh, because days do have meaning, uh, which I already said, and um, then we can move to uh, looking at the you know, the arguments that is mostly presented by those uh, who believe that Christians should uh, observe the Sabbath day, and so uh, just taking it from there, um, the arguments of those who uh, you know say that yes, Christians should observe the Sabbath is pretty much a two-prong approach. Uh, there's two-prong approach to this. The first prong approach is to say, hey, look, uh, this is, um, you know, this was 
from the creation um god set the sabbath um no no that it's not not the creation the creation is the explanation so look sabbath is the fourth commandment you can't just you know decide all right you know i will i will obey commandment one two three and the rest of the commandment uh, the number four i'm just going to ignore it and then i'm going to from there uh pick up commandment five and so on and so forth you can't just do that you know conveniently and so in that sense therefore um that that's 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 the the main the bulk of the argument and i and i've seen that's the first prong approach they have and maybe it's good if i give the second prong approach the second prong approach is to say well look the change in the christian uh history the history of christianity the change when christians start celebrating um you know uh, sunday uh, started with in 321 um when i think february uh, 321 when emperor constantine the great uh you know decreed that sunday would be the day of observance um uh, you know, the day of rest, if you will, the day where the Christians would gather across the entire Roman Empire. So they go, well, this, the, the Sunday bit was the doing of Constantine the Great. So the argument is biblical and theological and then historical, right? Yeah. You know I mean? So those are two yeah. prong approach. Now, so, and I'm going to address that. We've already, you know, gotten into the meaning of the Sabbath. Um, now, the people who are, you know, not observing the Sabbath. Some some Christians have taken the 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 approach to say, "Hey, look, you know, well, you know, Ten Commandments was Old Testament, and you know, we New Testament Christians we're not dealing with the Mosaic Law anymore, and that includes the Ten Commandments." Well, that approach there is absolutely it's not sound biblically. Okay, it's not sound biblically because the Ten Commandment is the eternal law of God. Uh, it's not yeah. it was not the ceremonial laws or or the you know the the other you know um, you know food requirements kind of laws. Uh, the Ten Commandment is the Ten Commandment. You're not going to say well you you know you should not uh, let's say you should not murder uh, is no longer counts because we're New Testament Christian. Well, it doesn't make any sense. Or you know you yeah. should not covet or you should not you know commit adultery. That stuff is not well. Now you know should not bear false witness. And so the dismiss the Ten Commandments to try to do away with with the observance of Sabbath is not a, it's not sound it's not biblically you know plausible uh, anybody who responds like that basically just they, they're out just it's mm. not, it doesn't doesn't stand doesn't and, stack up no. yeah it doesn't stack up at all so the way therefore to look at it is what we already did and I thought I'd, I'd come back to it because we'd already done it before think about the way uh, the Pharisees were basically, you know, hammering Jesus for every time his uh, disciples, you know, either ate on the Sabbath or they were, you know, getting food on the Sabbath in the field. And so they're like, well, they're working because that's harvesting, you know. Uh, you shouldn't be harvesting on the Sabbath. Or Jesus walks into the synagogue and he goes, he heals a woman who had a hatchback. Oh, he healed the person with a dry hand. And, and the Pharisees go, well, no, you shouldn't be doing that in Sabbath. And Jesus is like, well, hang on. You know, do you pick up your, your sheep if it had fallen into a ditch on the Sabbath or not? And so Jesus started to sort of realign 
this strict observance of the Sabbath, but also he goes on to say to them, hey, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. What I find most deep and interesting is Apostle Paul's writing on the question. And we read last time, we read Colossians chapter 2. Just want to see, I'm, I'm making the shift in attitude uh, yeah. in the observance of the Sabbath so you can see where the early Christian church stood uh, before you say, well, strict observance of the Sabbath. Here's Apostle Paul writing to the church in Colossae, uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. This is what the apostle writes. Let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Now, when you're reading it from today, you don't understand the gravity of what is just said. If you're a Jew, okay, and a Pharisee like he was, trained by Gamaliel, okay, and yeah. having read the book of Exodus chapter 31 verse 14, whose prescription is this? You shall keep the Sabbath because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Yeah. Yeah. How can a Jew, a Pharisee, trained by Gamaliel, having read the Torah, then say to the church in Colossae, let no one pass judgment on you in question to the Sabbath. Mm. From you shall be put to death, to no, it's all right. If you don't want to observe it, no worries. What? You can see the shift in the attitude of the apostle, why would they have made such a huge shift? Here's, a, here's another one of Paul, Romans 14, verse 5. If you've got your Bible there, one person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully yeah. convinced in his own mind. What? Mm. It's no longer the law said if you profane the Sabbath. In other words, you do on the Sabbath, what you shouldn't do, you should die. Two, it's up mm. to you. That's quite a shift. It's up to you to observe it the Sabbath or not. Yeah. And let, let no yeah. one pass judgment on you. Like that, that is, up, it's, it's, it's a seismic shift. Mm. And so in that sense, um, you know, we, we see that shift there, you know, because these people were had learned from Jesus himself. And this is then going to launch us into what we observe. Yeah, you with me? What we yeah. observe in the historical part where I'm going to make the case historically now. And so from the, you don't observe Sabbath, you die, to, hey, you know, it's up to you. You want to go to the synagogue because you want to observe Sabbath, that's fine. Because most people bridge the gap to say, well, the church had gone into Gentile territory and all the Judaizers who wanted the, the Gentiles to observe the Sabbath, get circumcised and so on and so forth, had to face up with Paul saying, no, 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 no. You know, grace saved us. We are now in the blessings of Abraham. You don't have to observe these things anymore. Because the new covenant, because that was the shadow and the fulfillment is Christ. So that's how they bridge the gap. The, 
the, the Gentiles didn't have to have this strict observa- observance. But, you know, did the apostles go to the Sabbath? Yes. Actually, one of the reasons why, it, the fundamental reasons where they used to go there was to go and preach Christ there. That's where the Jews gathered. And so they yeah. went to preach to the synagogue, okay? They went there, and after the Sabbath debate start, I can give you, there are times and times and times again where the apostles went to um, to, to the synagogue. Uh, they went there because they went there to preach the gospel. And and so in that sense, well, yeah. Yeah, for, for, for them though, the first day of the week would have been a working day, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah, they've yeah. gone to the synagogue as good as as Jews and, and preached, but yeah. their first thing, uh, the first day of the week for them would be a working day. So yes. they would they would have. I think it, it says that they met together of an evening and shared a meal and and that sort of stuff on on the Monday. So yeah. um, it, it's, a, it's sort of a transitioning thing from that point of view too, isn't it? Shifting from one yeah. day to another, the observance as as they moved forward. Yeah, we, we actually you're making a good point there. We get to the to that point to see, you know, what what did the you know church fathers because that is going to basically knock out the second prong. You said second prong approaches to say, well, the apostle observed the Sabbath, but it is the you know it's Constantine in 321 who basically decreed, and then suddenly Christianity start to observe a Sunday. Well, I'm thinking no. That actually isn't correct. Uh, the reason why it is not correct is because we have church fathers from earlier on, like around about the time when John, the last apostle, was still alive. We have record of you know the discussion about Sabbath long, way, way long before even Constantine was born, before even there was any. I'd, I'd even go as far as say before even. Constantine's father was born before even Constantine's yeah. grandfather was born. And so, yep. and that's what we're going to take, uh, you know, within the next segment. Yep. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll come back and, uh, and have some more of this discussion after this great song on Life FM. You're listening to 105.1 Life FM, and we are continuing our discussion around the Sabbath. And Samuel, I reckon it's, um, it's interesting, isn't it? Here we have a passage where Paul is saying, um, don't get all caught up in the festivals and the different days, and he includes the, insab- the Sabbath in that, which yeah. seems to be uh, that quantum shift yeah. um, away from uh, having it on the Sabbath day but, or, or making a big deal about the Sabbath it, yeah. itself as a, as a day. Mm. But, you know, the early church, uh, I mean, even now in, in congregations I've been, the, uh, there is this, this thing that the that Constantine had been the one that had instigated Sunday worship, yeah. and that it was really the day that was supposed to be comm- commemorating the sun god, and so yeah. that's why a lot of Christians sort of say, "Well, we would prefer to observe the Sabbath because yeah. the first day of the week, Sunday, is a, a day for the sun god." And yeah. but that actually isn't true because it was already part of the early church, yeah. and it was already part of what they were doing in in their community yeah. long before Constantine even decided to. Yeah, it, it's sort of that thing taking things out of context because yeah. I mean, obviously they weren't observing anything so he set aside that day which everybody was doing anyway yeah. um but everybody credits him with it rather than going back 
to the Bible, to the word, yeah. and yeah. seeing that the early church was already doing this and Paul had already instituted it basically yeah. as um, as the day that people met. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's poor um, historical hermeneutic. That's what it is. Uh, it's mm. poor historical hermeneutic that leads people to sort of just jump on a date uh, and say, well, Constantine. So what we're going to, with the, with the historical, historical hermeneutic, it's, it's easy. You just go back into the records and, and, and find out within the records. Very easy. Now, as, as you've said, for example, um, if you, you, you know, you, you see how, when did the, the early church start to gather? There are two references that will be of, of interest. The first one is uh, the first, I'm going to start with this one, Revelation chapter 1, verse 10, where, you know, John, when he's talking about his revelation, he said it was on the Lord's day. So the Lord's day. Now, some of the readers of, um, of um, you know, Revelation, who are, you know, people who back the, get together on Sabbath, you know, say, well, of course he was talking about the Sabbath because there is no other Lord's Day but the Sabbath. It's as though somebody will have to be, you know, sort of willfully ignorant to realize that throughout the history of the church, the Christians call the resurrection the Lord's Day. The Lord's Day, mm -hmm. when the Lord's Day, I'll give you the historical records in a moment. When they say the Lord's Day, they meant the first day of the week, which is the first day of the week that the women went to the tomb and they yeah. basically found that the tomb was empty. Here's, here's another uh, uh, a reference in Act of the Apostles, chapter 20. And if, 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 if um, you know, if you could grab that, that if, if you've got it, or uh, let me actually, let, let me do this. I've, I've also got it open here and I, I'm going to uh, do a read and you can just follow, follow with me. Um, I'm ringing the King James, so it may have the these and thine and thou, but, you know, apart from that, you know, everything else is fine. So here after the apostle, I'm looking at verse, two, verse 7, but, you know, let's read in the context. Never read a Bible verse, okay? Just, just always read the context. And after the uproar was seized, Paul called unto him the disciples and embraced them and departed for to go into Macedonia. When he had gone over these parts and had given them much exhortation, he came into Greece. And there, about three months, and when the Jews laid wait for him, as he was about to sail into Syria, he pur proposed to return, not that he postponed his trip. He no, he purposed, he purposed, sorry, my, my, my English getting away. He purposed to return through Macedonia and there accompanied him into Asia, Spotter of Berea, and the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Secundus, and Gaius of Derby, and Timothus and of Asia, Tetricus and Trophimus. These going before tarried for us a trust. So Luke is part of this journey. And we sailed away from Philippi after the days of the unleavened bread and came unto them to trust in five days where we abode seven days. So to five days of the trip, they got there, they stayed for seven days. 
And upon the first day of the week, it's like Paul deliberately stayed there for seven days. Because I, you know, I can, you know, it doesn't say it openly, but, you know, most commentators will, will go, he stayed there so that you'll have the opportunity when they gathered on the first day of the week. And so on the face of the, of the week, and this is the day after Sabbath, all right? And I'll make yes. the case that this is actually the Lord's day. I'll make it uh, in a moment. So on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, okay, it doesn't say they happened to come together, but it's when they came together because they always came together. Uh, you know, my, the emphasis is mine. When they came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow. So he waited until the first day, so he would depart the day after the gathering, and continued his speech. So he. He was ready to depart on, on the morrow. He continued that day, his speech, until midnight. Mm. So on the first day, it was the whole day he spoke all the way into midnight. And there were many lights in the upper room where they were gathered together. And they sat on the window, the story we know, a certain young man named Etikis uh, being uh, fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, I like King James, <laughs> he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft, to say the third floor, I love mm. this, and was taken up dead. I, I used to read King James, it was my, my first English Bible. So it's bringing some nostalgia as I'm reading it. And Paul went down and fell on him, not a, he laid on him, embraced him, said, trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. And when therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, even till daybreak. So he went all the way into the day he was going to depart and Paul took, took off. So we have here uh, another instance of gathering uh, on the first day, which is the Lord's Day. Okay? Now, yeah. you know, you were mentioning here that, well, look, maybe... They, 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 you know, they, they, Constantine is the one who set this up, so which is that historical hermeneutic case. Well, now we can actually knock that one out very easy. You start to read this is a document in the 90, 90 AD, this is before Apostle John, the last of the apostles, be dead. Uh, the Didache, um, uh, here's what is written in the Didache uh, Christian assembly uh, on the day of the Lord. So, first one, but. Every Lord's day do ye gather yourselves and break bread and give and give thanksgiving after having confessed your transgressions that your sacrifice may be pure. But let no one that is at variance with his fellow um, come together with you until they be reconciled that your sacrifice may not be profaned. For this mm -hmm. is that which was spoken by the Lord in every place and time, offered to me a pure sacrifice. For I am a great king, saith the Lord, and my name is wonderful among the nation. This is, the Didache is the teaching of the apostles. Chapter 14. We just we read that, that's a section in chapter 14. And so you can go and find into the record of history for example, Pliny the Younger, who was a 
Roman historian and a statesman, Pliny writes that, uh, you know, the Christians were in the habit of meeting on a certain fixed day before it was light. So we used meet on yeah. a fixed day. It wasn't just simply any day and every day. They've met on a fixed day. So mm -hmm. it was known that these guys met on a fixed day. Yeah. Now, um, here is, uh, and that's, that's in 110, long before Constantine. Here's yeah. a record in 150 AD in a book that's called Epistle of the Apostles. Okay? Um, here's what it says. I have come into being on the eighth day, which is the day of the Lord, written in the Epistle of the Apostles, when they say, I, Christ. And because the, the, the Apostle considered that Basically, the resurrection was the beginning of all things, okay? That's what yeah, you get there. Yeah. On the eighth day, which is the day after the seventh day, which is the first day of the week, which is the Lord's day, okay? And the Christians got together. <clears throat> Here's a document in 150. This is written by Justin Martyr, and is one of the, you know, anti-Nicene church fathers. So in other words, the people before, long before Constantine, in 325, okay, um, uh, because remember Constantine, dec you know, decree was um, uh, in 321. Just, 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 you know, just, just to remind you, Ali, once I get going, you know, I just want to make sure that you know we 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 follow the time to be able to give a pause to our audience. Just, just, just because mm -hmm. somehow I can get going. Um, so, yeah. Justin Martyr, uh, right, right. He then speaks of those Gentiles, namely us, um, who in every place offer sacrifice to him, the bread of the Eucharist, remember, that's the communion, and also the cup of the Eucharist, affirming both that we glorify his name and that you profane it. The command of circumcision, again, binding them always circumcised the children on the eighth day was a type of the true circumcision by which we are circumcised from deceit and iniquity through him who rose from the day from the dead on the first day after the Sabbath. Right? Mm. Namely, yeah. our Lord Jesus Christ, for the first day after the Sabbath, remaining the first of all the days, is called, however, the eighth day according to the number of all the days of the cycle, and yet remains the first. I'm just simply making the case that the first day, the eighth day, you know, the day after the Sabbath, the day of the resurrection, the day of the Lord, is that day, and this is just the matter making the case. Let's read him again. So this was just the matter in this dialogue 41.4. Um, is That's just the matter again. Uh, those who have persecuted and do persecute Christ, if they do not repent, they shall not inherit anything in the holy mountain. But the Gentile who have believed on him and who have repented of their sins, which they have committed, they shall receive the inheritance along with the patriarch and the prophets and just men who are descended from Jacob. Even, even although they neither keep the Sabbath nor are circumcised nor observe the feast. Assuredly, 
they shall receive the holy inheritance of God. This is the dialogue with Trifo, the Jew. This dialogue is written between 150 to 165. So, this volume 1, page 207. That's very exact. You can see he's saying even though already this point, the Christians were not observing the Sabbath, they were not observing the feast, but just the matter says they will inherit with the patriarch because of their faith in Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, I am. And we're yep. going to complete that thought, which you're going to hold on to, yes. till uh, just after this uh, short break as we listen to another great song on Life FM. You're listening to 105.1 Life FM and Samuel, we are wrapping up our um, discussion around the Sabbath and you've been looking at the historical uh, references to the Sabbath as part of the early church history. So that, that's a, a fascinating study in itself. Yes. So I'm interested to hear what other quotes you've got in yes. the reference material that you've been using. Yeah, um, so we, we just got to, uh, I've got tons of quotes. So we're going to give a couple of quotes by Justin Matter again, and I will grab a couple of quotes by Clement of Alexandria. That's 190 AD. And then I want to, from there, jump into what the sort of modern, um, sort of modern authorities, if you will, whether it is, you know, people have studied Christian history, encyclopedias and stuff like that, to see exactly what had been said about um, about the the worship on Sunday. Now, he, here is Justin Martyr again. Uh, I'm going to read from his dialogue with Trifo, the Jew, um, volume one, uh, page 206. So the last one I read was page 207. I'm reading 206 now. Uh, here's what uh, Justin writes. But if we do not admit this, we shall be liable to fall into foolish opinion. And if it were not the same God who existed in the times of Enoch and all the rest, who neither were circumcised after the flesh. So he's making his case that we don't need to be circumcised, nor mm -hmm. observe the Sabbath. I did make that case that neither Enoch or any of the you know, forefathers before Moses had observed Sabbath, nor any other rites, seeing that Moses sacrifices, uh, yeah, seeing that Moses enjoined such observance. For if there was no need of circumcision before Abraham or of the observance of Sabbaths, of feasts and sacrifices before Moses, no more need is there for them now. That's, that's Justin Martyr making the case. In 150 AD, long way yeah. long, where did these guys get this stuff? Because the apostle, especially Apostle Paul, made plainly the case for it. After that, according to the will of God, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has been born without sin of a virgin, sprang from the stock of Abraham. He's making the case that because of Jesus, neither circumcision nor the observance of Sabbaths or any other rites would matter because Christ had come. So that's 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 the case that Justin's making. Here's, here's another quote by Justin Martyr. This one is a bit a, a bit of a, a longer one, but bear with me. Uh, it's in his first apology of Justin Martyr, uh, Weekly Worship of Christians, uh, chapter sixty-eight. Uh, here's what he writes. And on the day called Sunday, all who live in cities or in country gather together to one place. 
and the memoirs of the apostles and the writing of the prophets are read as long as time permits, then when the reader is seized, the president verbally instructs and exhorts to the Im imitation of these good things, then we all rise together and pray. And as we before said, when our prayer is ended, bread and wine and water are brought, and the president in like manner offer prayers and thanksgiving according to his ability, and the people are sent, saying Amen, and there is a distribution to each, and a participation of that over which thanks have been given, and to those who are absent, uh, a portion is sent by the deacons, and they who are well-to-do and willing give what each thinks fit, and what is collected is deposited with the president who secures the orphans and the widows and those who, through sickness or any other cause, are in want, and those who are in bonds and the strangers sojourning among us, and in words, take care of all who are in need. But Sunday is the day on which we all hold our common assembly, because it is the first day on which God, having wrought a change in the darkness and matter, made the world, and Jesus Christ, our Savior, on the same day rose from the dead, for he was crucified on the day before that of Saturn, Saturday, and on the day after that of Saturn, which is the day uh, of the sun, he says, having appeared to his apostles and disciples, he taught them these things, which we have submitted to you also for your consideration. Mm. He's yeah. talking to the Gentiles, and they had their naming of the days, so that's why he uses the word term Saturn and sun, because if he was talking to the Jews, he would say Sabbath and the first day of the week. So this is no commemoration oh, wow. of the day of the sun or the day of yeah. Saturn. He's just simply putting the markers for these Gentiles to know what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. Right? So he said the day that yeah. Christ rose from the day is the day you hear Gentiles call the day of the sun. And it was mm -hmm. it was crucified on the you know buried on the day that you guys call it the day of Saturn. Saturn, yeah, Saturn. Yeah. So yeah. that's it's just setting the markers before anybody starts to say, well, okay, it's just my mention the Sunday. No, he's talking to the people. He has to use the markers they have for them to understand which day he's talking about. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so let's run quickly. Clement of Alexandria, um, uh, in 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 his writing. Here is is what is uh, Clement is is writing in commenting on each of the ten commandments and their Christian meaning. Uh, this is what Clement writes: the seventh day is proclaimed a day of rest, preparing by abstention from evil for the primal day, our truest rest. Okay, which is the Sunday. <laughs> which is yeah. the first day. That's the truest. The Christian considered Sunday their truest rest. Why? Because Christ rose from the dead on that day. He's another Clement of Alexandria. Uh, he writes, He does the commandment according to the gospel and keeps the Lord's day whenever he puts away an evil mind, 
glorifying the Lord's resurrection in himself. Mm. You can see uh, there that um, uh, the, the Lord's day is being mentioned as the eighth day. And so you, you know, this, this, I can go on and on and on among all these um, uh, church um, um, you know, church uh, f fathers um, and so on. So I could read Tertullian, but let's let's just go to the because I did promise I'd only to quote by uh, Clement of Alexandria. And so in in um, the uh, Philip Shaft book, Volume One, uh, page four hundred and seventy-eight to page four hundred and seventy-nine, uh, history of the Christian Church. Here's a quote. His, the first day was already in the apostolic age, honorably designated as the Lord's Day. It appears, therefore, from the New Testament itself, that Sunday was observed as a day of worship in special commemoration of the resurrection, um, whereby the work of redemption was finished. The universal mm -hmm. and uncontradicted Sunday observance in the second century can only be explained by the fact that it has its roots in the apostolic practice. This was no. not Constantine doing, okay? No, now, no. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, you could, let's read the Encyclopedia Americana. From the apostolic era to the present, it has been customary for Christians to assemble for communal Sunday services. Civil laws requiring the observance of Sunday death back at least to the Emperor Constantine, that's when the civil was set, who designed Sunday as a legal day of rest uh, and worship by 321. This law, however, was not specifically Christian, since Sunday was the day of the Son God for the pagan, as well as the Lord's day for the Christians. Mm. It was the Lord's day for the Christians a long time, while Constantine thus managed to please the two major religious groups in the Roman Empire. Numerous uh, later laws regulating behavior on Sunday have been, you know, um, avowedly Christians. So what the encyclopedia is making in the case is there is no, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a non sequitur or it's a bad thinking to say that Christian modeled themselves after the Sunday when Constantine declared it. Nope, that wasn't. No. Right? No. Uh, Christians observed the Lord's Day, which happened to be the same as the other people who observed the Sunday. Now, the bridge is that when Constantine became emperor, he became a Christian. He, 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 he had that vision before the big, the great battle, and then he, he won the battle, and then he, he became a Christian, and people basically debate whether he'd actually converted properly or not, but put that aside, he, he decided that, okay, well, from now on, the Sunday would be the Christian observation, observance day. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. making the case from a historical hermeneutic point of view that, you know, it was Constantine who declared, nah, that's not correct. The, the, the apostle observed it, Paul observed it, the, uh, you know, uh, the, the church fathers before, uh, you know, Constantine observed Sunday, it was the day of the resurrection, everybody knows this, and that's what the day they gathered and they assembled. And, you know, Justin Martyr made that case. And so in that sense, the true meaning of Sabbath rest was found in the resurrection. It's not that the observance of Sabbath on Sunday was abolished. It was found in the 
resurrection of Christ, which was the creation and the redemption of the world. That's why the Christian commemorated Sunday. And the apostle mm. made the case, hey, anyone want to do Sabbath? No, no worries. Do it. The, the Christians are going to say, it, it's interesting as we, we finish, that the, it's those who observe the Sabbath who say, well, those who do Sunday are wrong. Well, biblically and historically, the apostles did that. You have to basically condemn the apostles. But, you know, mm. according to Paul, you want to observe that Sabbath on Sunday, go for it. You know, yeah. the church yeah. does observe a Sunday resurrection celebration. And that is the way to understand this question. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for uh, for expanding on all of that and uh, and showing us uh, both the historical and the biblical uh, reasons why we do what we do. And uh, and you know, for anybody who wants to uh, dig deeper, there's uh, plenty of information that uh, they can be looking into. Thank you so much, Samuel. And we look forward to our listeners tuning in again next week for another Q and A with Samuel Chizuketi from Ark Church. It's always a pleasure.